0: What's up, cool cats and cuties? This is the Promenade Merchants Podcast, a Star Trek podcast out on the frontier. So sit down and grab a rock to Gino as David Majors and Heather Kirby talk all things Star Trek. Old, new, and what's to come. The Promenade Merchants are open for business. Also, I'm doing Trek profiles tomorrow.
1: Oh, yay, that's exciting.
0: I'm excited. (laughs) I am excited for that. All right. Promenade Merchants Podcast, episode 11 in 5, 4, 3, 2. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Promenade Merchants Podcast, the scrappy lower decks underdog of Star Trek podcasts. I'm David Majors, my co host, Miss Heather Herbie. What's up, Heather?
1: What's up, David? You know, it's been. <laughs> A little bit of a rough weekend for me. Uh, I found out yesterday and I talked so many times on the podcast about how much I love our Trek fandom family. And I found out yesterday that uh, a member of a, our Trek Twitter family passed away. So, you know, it's been a, a bit of a rough weekend. But one thing that always brightens my day is to be able to sit there and talk Star Trek with you. And I know all of our Trek family of fans near and far, uh, the one thing that always brightens their day is talking Star Trek. So I hope that with our little podcast here, our rough and tumble Lower Decks podcast, that we can brighten someone's day just by recording this.
0: That's the idea. That's the goal. Uh, A little bit of Star Trek love uh, to go across the entire quadrant. So let's just jump right in. If you're listening to the first time, uh, we are the Promenade Merchants, and we do things with a little bit of a format. We're going to start with old business, and old business is things from what's known as classic Star Trek, Uh, and I'm going to do something a little bit different this time around, because I'm really not in any kind of rewatch of anything at the moment, although I was talking with Heather the other day that I got to get around to watching the animated series one of these days. But yes. uh, I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, I, I know. It's pretty much the last thing left on my list. The animated series, which I should probably get started on before Lower Deck starts. I'll I'll try. I'll try my best, and I'll report back. All uh, right. But I'm going to bring something over from Sports Odds and Ends, the sports podcast that I do with my friends uh, Brandon Cooper, King Kaz, and Jerry Vin, JVZ. And we're going to do what I like to call hot take time. Uh, Yes, everybody, uh, I think we've aged and matured enough uh, as a Star Trek podcast to start getting into some fights and start getting into some arguments. So it's hot takes time. And we're going to get into some controversial opinions. Let, let's let's have a little bit of a, uh, an Anthony Fantano style. Let's argue. Let's let's get this underway. I'm going to let you go first, Heather. If you've got something that might be a little bit controversial about Star Trek, something that you might get a little bit of brush back on, uh, what might it be?
1: Well, you know, I I'm not any. I, as, as much as I, I like to talk positive i I I'm not afraid of having some controversial opinions trust me no, I, not, I, I neither I am, am I <laughs> I am no not one to shy away from that uh because i I have many many things that I love just besides Star Trek and I could get into many arguments about how I think rodney Rodney McKay is the worst character in the Star Trek universe, or the Stargate universe, and how seasons three and four of Shar- Sherlock are better than seasons one and two, and that can cause some controversy. But when it comes to Star Trek, I, I sat there and thought about this and thought about this, and I, I'm not quite sure if I have any opinions that really fall into the controversial hot take category. Uh, the One thing I came up with, which I I know I've gotten some flack for saying this before, so I I think it's probably my biggest controversial opinion in the world of Star Trek, is that I am a big believer that if uh, people, brand new people to the Star Trek fandom, are asking another Trekkie's opinion as to uh, what they should watch if they want to get into it, Uh, that the one thing you should not suggest to them is to watch the original series. I don't believe a brand new Star Trek fan should start with the original series. And there's such a... uh, And it's like, especially because the fandom is so big, it's really a subset of the fandom who believes that you have to start with the original and then go on and watch everything else. Folks, this... Universe has been around for over 50 years. There's no way that you need to start with the very first episode of the very first series that was made in the 1960s when you're trying to introduce new fans to Star Trek. It's not necessary.
0: I, I completely agree. I agree one hundred and seventy eight point three percent Heather. Uh and I have said this many, many times with various series. Uh I've said this when it comes to Doctor Who. Uh, no, uh even though I'm not the biggest fan of Doctor Who, I would never tell someone to start watching Doctor Who with William Hartnell. I just oh, yeah. no. Just no. Yeah, uh yeah. and I've said the exact same thing about the original series. Uh, It's, in my opinion, it it is definitely not the one to start with. Uh, And also, something very near and dear to my heart uh, on the anime side of things, Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, I've said many, many times that even though I think the original Mobile Suit Gundam anime from 1979 is a great anime, It is never the one that I would recommend first for a number of reasons. And I can definitely say why I completely agree with you on the original series. Because, number one, it was made in the 1960s. And certain visual aesthetics, certain social cues, just everything about the show is so far removed From where we are now and where Star Trek is now. And I think, and and here's where I'm going to get controversial a bit, I think a lot of people with some things that are starting up with uh, the current era of Star Trek, they're very hung up. And very fixated on the idea of being true to the original series. Uh, And the best example I've seen of this is in Discovery with the Enterprise. When we saw Captain Pike's Enterprise in season two, Mm -hmm. I was absolutely blown away by that set. I thought it looked absolutely amazing. I thought that bridge was absolutely beautiful. But then I saw people saying it looked too high tech it didn't look like the bridge of the original series and i i can't deal with that kind of thinking heather because it's not 1967 it, it just isn't it's not going to look that way
1: okay i'm going to come around and 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 say what you're skating around right now the original series is dated
0: dated it's
1: dated
0: it's so dated
1: it it was when it was first made back in the 60s it was ahead of its time but it is now 2020 it is over 50 years later and that series is dated, dated
0: so when, as we're, hell.
1: when when and and I mean it's not just the sets it's not just the costumes it's not just the the characters and and the aliens and the bad cgi i mean it's some of the themes of the series uh when you look at, at at some of their tones and how they approach other people how they approach a lot of their women characters it's dated okay so we can't really expect a series that is being made now to be entirely exactly the same as it was back in the nineteen sixties. You can't expect that, and you shouldn't expect that because it's no, not the same not. time frame.
0: No, and and just speaking from a perspective of pure entertainment, this is a sci-fi series that is being made now. I want a Starship Enterprise that looks like something in the future. I I, I think that's just just the right way to do things. It should look like something that is futuristic. It should not be something that is retro from the 60s. I 100% agree with you about the original series, Heather. Now, it's my turn.
1: All right. (laughs)
0: Uh, You brought up the original series, but this is something that I actually got into a little bit of a tizzy with with my sister uh, not too long ago, because everything you've said about the original series, I think, I think it's starting to happen with the next generation, too. I think... Star Trek The Next Generation is starting to show its age a little bit. And I think it's more from a production standpoint. I think nowadays the late 80s, early 90s look of Star Trek The Next Generation uh, is a little bit, maybe not all the way dated, but it's starting to look a little old. Uh, when I see the set of the Enterprise-D, it, it does look a little retro to me at this point. Uh, kind of like a, a wooden station wagon. In that, yes, there's a certain appeal to it, but it's starting to show its age. Uh, also, when I've gone back to rewatch episodes of The Next Generation, the pacing of the show and quite a few of the episodes... Are really rather slow to me now. Uh, I enjoyed them when I was younger, uh, and even maybe a couple of years ago, but I think I find the pacing and the storytelling of The Next Generation at some points to be a little bit slow. And a lot of my favorite episodes of The Next Generation often involve really serious conflicts whether it's the Klingons or the Romulans or the Borg when there's a real serious conflict happening that's usually when I'm most engaged and I think recently uh the the more character focused episodes they're starting to starting to feel a little bit slow and a little bit dated. And my sister, who is the biggest Next Generation fan, where I'm the DS9 fan, like we almost got into a brother-sister argument on the internet over this. And... <laughs> but yeah, that that's mine. And that I think that I'm glad we have Star Trek Picard now, and I'm glad we're seeing the cast of TNG now, because it's starting to a little bit get a little bit old for the next generation it's starting to get a little old
1: you know i i and i'm a a huge tng fan tng is my first trek where i started so i have a soft spot for it but i don't disagree with you on that I mean, I've been actually rewatching TNG right now. I'm in like the middle of season four, and especially a lot of the early season episodes, uh, it it the, the the slow storytelling can be a little slow. Um, the it it does have a very you you can tell the the time that it was made, that, that it's not current TV, that it, it's from the early 90s, late 80s. And the when, when one of the things that, that I argue a lot about TNG is that the same as what I talked about with some of the themes of TOS, you can see that same theme running through TNG. And it's really apparent, especially having Picard, now, because we had the amazing episode of Picard, Nepenthe, where you got to see Deanna Troy really show how much of a great counselor she could be, and then you take that story and compare it to some of the episodes in early TNG that feature Deanna, and it's entirely different. The, the The tone of the episode, uh, how her weight as a character is weighed compared to the other characters on the show, it it's entirely different, and it does have to do with the time frame that it was made in. the fact that it was made thirty years ago compared to, well, yep, thirty years ago, pretty much, compared to uh, today. Really depends on the, the 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 two different stories that they're telling. The Deanna Troy that we see in Picard and the Deanna Troy that we first met on TNG uh, are are two incredibly different characters with the stories that they were given, and that in itself is a way of a TV show showing its age. So I, I, I agree with you,
0: and. I will say even further that I don't think Deep Space Nine has reached that point yet. And recently, the show that I'm watching the most of is Voyager. And that's really where I stand on that. I think that it's TNG is starting to get old, but the others aren't. We'll see in a few years how... We feel about DS9 and Voyager and Enterprise. We'll see. But we've got plenty of new Star Trek to look forward to in the meantime. So let's move into new business, Heather. It was officially announced that Star Trek Prodigy is happening. It was announced at San Diego Comic-Con at home. Uh, it will be on Nickelodeon, uh, in 2021, uh, and Kevin and Dan Hagman, uh, behind Troll Hunters, and in my opinion, the super underrated franchise on Cartoon Network, Ninjago, will be heading up this series, Star Trek Prodigy, on Nickelodeon, and the plot, uh, says that it will revolve around a group of lawless teens who discover a derelict Starfleet ship, and use it to search for adventure, meaning, and salvation. Heather, I'll ask you first before I geek out about it. Uh, What do you think of what we've seen and heard so far, uh, as little as it is, about Star Trek Prodigy?
1: You know, I'm intrigued, I am definitely intrigued. Um, I hope I can find a way to watch it because <laughs> I don't have cable. <laughs> so oh no. where, there, where oh there's no. a will, there's a way. And I, I won't go into detail about that, about the things that I do with my uh, internet, because <laughs> nobody needs to know about that. But uh, I, it it's really... I, I think it's an awesome step to have a show like that completely geared toward uh, the next generation of viewers. It's a, it makes a huge impact uh, to bring in like kids, uh, teens, and young adults, uh, and children into the Star Trek universe and to make them fans, and and that's what keeps growing our fan base and, and what keeps this fan base alive is to make new fans like this. So I, I am excited for the show for that reason. Um, I, like I said, I'll, I'll find a way to watch it somehow (laughs) because I, 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 I want to watch all the new star Trek, the content that's coming out there. And, uh, especially with these animated shows, like we're getting lower deck soon, Uh, In the next two weeks and then they officially announced a a date for Prodigy that it will be coming next year um, with all the turmoil and the pandemic stuff going on and they're not really being sure when they can go back to filming live action. Uh, we're going to have a lot of animation content because that's the one thing that they can do safely, that they can do while they're social distancing. Uh, It can be done a lot easier than trying to put together the live action content. So uh, if we're going to get new content and actually have dates for it and uh, be able to see it on a regular basis right now, we know it's going to be animation. And so that's, that in itself is something to be excited for and to look forward to.
0: I am very, very excited about this. And as you said, Heather, I love that Star Trek is going to have something for varying age groups. You'll have a Prodigy for younger audiences. You'll have Lower Decks for uh, young adults. And you'll have Strange New Worlds, Discovery, and Picard for just kind of the general audience. And that is awesome. And I love the idea of Star Trek having something for everybody. Because Star Trek is for everybody. I think we can all agree on that. And the more that I read about Star Trek Prodigy, uh, I got really, really excited. uh, Because I am a devoted devoted fan of all things Nickelodeon from the 1990s. And when I read the premise of this show, uh, it reminded me of a 90s Nickelodeon show called Space Cases. Are you familiar with this show, Heather?
1: Uh, you know, I, I was a big Nickelodeon person in the 90s, and it sounds familiar, but I don't know it off the top of my head.
0: Okay, so Space Cases was a show in space that had kids on a rogue starship exploring the galaxy and at the time the pilot episode had like a captain that that was the captain of the ship and he was just kind of watching over them watching over the kids and there was also an android named Thelma on this show (laughs) so it just really hit all the beats it had this brave starship captain it had an android that was trying to understand humanity better while still being a little goofy and it had these kids exploring the galaxy on this spaceship and on top of everything else it starred walter jones who was the original black power ranger on mighty Morphin power rangers so this show just hit Every beat that young David could have possibly hoped for. And when I read the guideline for Star Trek Prodigy, I realized, oh my goodness, this is Space Cases. They're doing Space Cases. And I am so excited for this. Uh, I I love the premise. I absolutely love the premise. There are going to be kids that are going to fall in love with star trek because of this show and i love that premise i absolutely love it uh there will be kids that are going to watch this and ask their parents or or their older siblings to watch star trek with them on netflix or cbs all access and i'm totally okay with that i think that's awesome this could be a great gateway series for Star Trek. And I think it's exactly what Star Trek needs because it's always been best as a regular television series. That's what it's always been at its strongest. And this is perfect. And I love the idea that this is going to be just a dash of 90s Nick nostalgia for me. So I'm I'm totally down for it more star trek i'm totally down for star trek prodigy i do have cable and i i plan on watching the premiere live so so this hopefully gets a good rating and doesn't go away for a long long time so i love this and i, I say more star trek for everybody is a good thing and yes it's all canon yes it's all star trek
1: It is all Star Trek. It is not 25% different in a different universe or whatever people want to argue. It's all Star Trek. It's all the same universe. And it's Uh, all awesome. Yeah.
0: Now, uh, continuing on with uh, San Diego Comic-Con, there was the Star Trek Universe virtual panel. And we got to see just about everybody. From the current era of Star Trek from Alex Kurtzman on down and we got a little bit more of Star Trek Lower Decks and the more I see of Lower Decks the more I want to say it looks pretty funny it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun Heather how about you
1: oh yeah. I, I I definitely I'm. I never thought I would say that I was looking forward to seeing Lower Decks, but I'm really looking forward to seeing Lower Decks. It looks hilarious, and I I, I just want to laugh, and it's going to give me those laughs.
0: It looks really really funny, and I'm totally okay with Star Trek getting silly like this because I. Star Trek is good at being silly and not taking itself too seriously sometimes. And I'm totally ready for it. I I love the premise of being a ship that specializes in second contact. I love that the Ensigns are, well, they're Ensigns and they're not all Harry Kim because (laughs) because Harry Kim was an Ensign genius. Yes. These, these guys are not. <laughs> but that's okay. They'll grow and they'll learn because that's what it's all about. Uh, I'm super excited about Lower Decks. However, Heather, for the rest of Star Trek, whether it was Picard, Strange New Worlds, or Discovery Season 3, Trekkies were hoping for a little bit of news and we really didn't Get it. Other than Alex Kurtzman saying Strange New Worlds and Discovery Season 3 are still in production. He said that 10 stories for Strange New Worlds are being worked out and Discovery Season 3 is still uh, coming soon, uh, coming 2020, we hope. But yeah, we didn't really get much updates as far as live action Trek goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was kind of a bummer (laughs) for me. Like, we talked so much on our last episode about things we were looking forward to and announcements that we wanted them to make, and we get nothing. Nothing along the lines of anything that anyone was looking forward to. And while I'm not entirely surprised at that, because of all the craziness in the world, it does leave me a little bit disappointed. However, I did mention the last time we talked about this that I personally think there's a possibility uh, with everything and TV schedules being so up in the air that CBS would consider running Discovery Season 3 on the actual network instead of on All Access because they want to put out new products. I think the fact that we didn't get any information on Discovery Season Three uh, at the Comic Con panel leaves leans into a little bit more credibility towards that, because they're still deciding what they want to do with it. We know for a fact that all the, they're they've completely wrapped filming on Season Three. Every scene that they need to film for the entire season has been shot. So all they are working on right now is post-production, which is the score, CGI, special effects, uh, piecing the episodes together, things like that. But it's, it's all stuff that they have figured out how to do from home and are working at it from home. So it's something that we're going to get content at some point this year we're gonna get discovery season three but the fact that they're not announcing any specific dates for it not giving us any uh more trailers anything like that leaves me to believe that they're not certain how they're going to put it out there yet Hmm. and i really do think that there's a possibility uh especially with the amount of TV shows that film in California and the fact that California's been spiking again, they're talking about shutting down the state completely again, uh, that they are concerned that they can't start filming their regular set of shows that air on CBS every week. They can't start filming those anytime soon. So if they can't start filming those, they have an edge that they have content that is produced that is already put together that no one has seen yet that they can air on their actual channel and CBS will be ahead of the ball game when it comes to the networks ratings race because everybody else will be airing reruns because every network is in this position but CBS has content that they haven't shown anyone yet that they can put on their their main channel and bring in ratings because they know star trek is going to get them ratings so the the fact that they're not announcing when they're going to release it leads me to believe that this is still a potential that could happen and discovery season three could end up actually on cbs instead of cbs all access but like I said, this is just my opinion. I don't work in the in the TV business. I'm just basing this off of my many, many years of watching TV and what I know about the TV business. But I'm not a professional. <laughs> so just take it for what it's worth.
0: We're, we're all honestly, just theorizing right now. Yeah, Fantasy booking, I, if you will. I,
1: I, I honestly think it has a, a, the potential to happen. And so I, I, I like to believe more on the positive side than on the negative side and know that we're going to get discovery season three sometime this year. It's just a matter of whether it ends up on all access or on the actual TV network.
0: I love your optimism uh, because I'm trying to remind myself we're getting discovery in 2020. We're getting discovery in 2020. Please give us star Trek discovery in 2020 please uh we we need something uh although lower decks is coming so that's good too uh, but yeah I'm I'm really ready for it and so much so that we've dedicated a whole segment to it on this show uh, in upcoming business uh, where we do our character predictions for season three uh, periodically on the podcast Heather and I have talked about, a couple of different cast members of Star Trek Discovery and our predictions for them in Season 3. And this time we're going to talk about everybody's favorite new awkward ensign, Sylvia Tilly. And how is she going to do deal with being 900 years in the future? And I, I've said, I think, on early episodes of the podcast that Tilly took a little time to to grow on me so i'm i'm just gonna let heather go first
1: <laughs> all right well tilly uh i i think Tilly's the one character uh, of the entire show that you either love her or you hate her <laughs> i don't think there's really any in between on character. care I, w- I, I,
0: I won't say i hate her
1: uh she's she she's definitely she's different she stands out uh she's bubbly and she's the 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 humorous side of of the crew and uh she she's a bit crazy <laughs> but the one thing i think Tilly is going to bring to season 3 is that she's going to be the person that reminds everybody that they're nine hundred years in the future, because she's not gonna let people forget that. Um, she, she she's going to be the person that reminds everyone on that ship uh, of how different their situation is and how far from home they really are. Uh, and And that could be either good or bad. <laughs> I'm phrasing it that way because she could very much be that in a bad way where she's freaking out about the fact that she's 900 years in the future. Uh, Even though she doesn't really like home all that much and her crazy overbearing mother, um, she's still the type of character that uh, dealing with such a huge change is going to really have a huge impact on her. So, um, i i think for season three we get to see her really um i i, I don't want to say this as criticizing her character but we're, we're she's gonna have to grow up she, yeah. she's she's definitely she's she's gonna be the one who really struggles with their situation and what they're dealing with and uh she's gonna have some freak outs uh, about where they are and and what they're doing, but uh, I I think she's going to come out of it a better person on the end and at the end of it. And it it really has to do a lot with her relationship with Michael and Stamets and the rest of the people on the crew. And uh, how they've really bonded as a family, that, that they're all going to help her get through this. And, and, and she's going to be a more grown-up ensign by the end of the season than she was at the beginning.
0: And, and that sounds pretty good to me. If if Sylvia <laughs> Tilly grows up a little bit, I'm okay with that. Uh, I think that uh, I'm going to say something... I'm going to try and be very, very specific here, and I'm going to do a full-on fan fiction, And I'm going to lean into the idea that Ensign Tilly is, like you said, uh, you either love her or hate her. And she she can be a bit of a polarizing character. And I remember very early on, there were comparisons to one Wesley Crusher. Yes. The genius, young character that either you found endearing or completely irritating, one way or the other. I think that this is going to be a big defining moment for Sylvia Tilly. And here is my prediction. I'm going to predict Star Trek Discovery Season 3. It is going to be Ensign Tilly that finds their way Back to the past. She's going to find some kind of way. Because she is incredibly smart as a science officer. As they've shown. Uh, She comes up with interesting good ideas to get them out of situations. And she's going to be the one to help them get back to where they were in the timeline. I believe she's going to be the one to do it. And I believe that the... The idea of her being a polarizing character in season three will be defined by this. Uh, people will either say that they love it because it shows that someone like Ensign Tilly is capable of very special things, uh, even if they are a little bit socially awkward. Or on the other end, it will be the people that made the Wesley Crusher comparisons that don't like her that will say, well, now she's basically becoming almost a Mary Sue. And that she just has the magical genius answers for everything because she's the the genius kid uh, in a Star Trek show. And I think this will definitely divide people further with Star Trek Discovery. I think that she will do something to get them back to the proper timeline, and and it will divide fans even more.
1: Oh! Ooh, maybe <laughs> I, I, I I don't know about all that um I I think she definitely has the potential to be the catalyst for that uh, but the show is is so based around Michael that I I'm not certain if it's the whole solution is gonna center around her but she she definitely... Definitely has the potential to be the catalyst for something like that. So we'll
0: see. I, I fully believe she will be. She will be the catalyst. She'll figure out the thing. She'll uh, find out uh, in the same way how Jordy LaForge would always find a way to uh, reverse the polarity and divert energy to the deflector array uh, just in the nick of time on the next generation uh, i believe that it will be tilly that will find out how to do the thing to uh, get discovery back to the present I think that's See, what i'm not
1: certain that the discovery is going to end up back in the present at the end of season okay. three okay okay uh, okay but i i it, like along your your lines here, I could see Tilly really finding the way to do that, and them having one shot, and then Giorgio somehow tricking Tilly because I do believe Giorgio is going to be back to the present by the end of season three. Uh, we talked about that when we talked about Giorgio. So, uh, it, oh, it, it, if
0: d- do you Tilly, think that?
1: T- do you th- yeah,
0: I was going to say, do you think George, they might figure out a way, and Giorgio might steal it from them?
1: I I can see Giorgio stealing it from them, and it, it, it somehow being Tilly's fault uh, that Giorgio gets the drop on them and steals that from them.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I got you. I got you. So. I pick up what you're putting down. I pick up what you're putting down. All right, everybody, listeners, if you're out there, please let us know your ideas for Tilly. In season three of Star Trek: Discovery, uh, at Prom Trek Pod uh, and at Nerdy Gal thirty-three for Heather and me at Call Me DJM. Uh, I would love to hear what you guys think about what you feel like you might want to see in Star Trek: Discovery season three, or Strange New Worlds, or Picard, or Prodigy—just all of it, all of it. We got so much <laughs> Star Trek coming. This is great. This is exciting. If you're mad about me saying TNG is starting to show its age and it's starting to feel a little slow, let me know at call with me DJM at Promptrek Pod. Please, guys, I'm I'm here for the conversation. I love the conversation, especially about Star Trek. And Heather, I cannot thank you enough for having another conversation with with me about Star Trek. Thank you, Heather. It's it's always a joy.
1: It is always a joy and a pleasure. And like I said at the start of the t- this episode this is the one thing that I have been looking forward to in this crazy world is just recording this podcast with you every couple weeks so uh it's been a pleasure and I can't wait till the next one because the next time we record we will get to talk about new Star Trek that's on TV yes Lower Decks will be out to talk about
0: Lower Decks will be out and here everybody let's go Follow us at Promtrek Pod. everybody. Subscribe in your podcatcher of choice for the Promenade Merchants podcast. Look for it by name in Spotify, in Apple Podcasts, in Stitcher, and wherever your podcasts can be aggregated. For Heather, I'm David. Enjoy your Ractigino, and live long and prosper.